Welcome on to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast. Um, as you can see, I'm not standing up. I'm sitting down. And as you can see, I have my mic in, uh, phone in, microphone in my hand instead of in a, on a mic stand because I'm sitting down. Um, at least if you're watching uh, the podcast on YouTube and not listening to it on any of the other uh, wonderful um, platforms that we're on. But, you know, that's not important. But anyway, um, <laughs> what is important is um, we have a lot of news to cover. And um, we're just going to go ahead and knock out some bad news out first. And then we can, not to say that it's less important than any of the other news. You know, it's just better to start off bad and end up good than vice versa. So without further ado. Let's dive in. So first off, um, well, before we even get to get into that, um, bringing it back to the fact that I'm sitting down uh, for this and holding the microphone until my new mic stand comes in on Tuesday, I want to say is when it comes in. Um, if you can't tell, I'm recording this using Zoom and the intention for this episode was to have get a guest and also have this set up like this so then I can have other people come on here. However, um, due to scheduling issues, uh, it didn't come into fruition. So for future references, I'll uh, be able to have people on. So um, it makes it a little bit easier to do that. Um, but anyway, diving into news, back on track. Uh, Edmonton Oilers forward Colby Cave um, was, if if you haven't heard the news by now, uh, he was placed un- into a medley, uh, medically induced coma uh, after sustaining a blank, uh, ugh, words already. We're not even half through, way through this episode and I'm already messing up words medically induced coma because he had a brain bleed jesus fucking christ um <clears throat> but um it's sad to hear that he uh passed away at the very uh, early age of 25 this past week um i believe it was this past week and uh thoughts go out to his wife emily and his, his family and friends that he has left behind as well as the edmonton oilers um players that got the you know really got close with him um with his time with the Edmonton Oilers and I know he I believe he was also with the Bruins too and all his friends uh with them as well um anyone that really knew him um and uh it was actually pretty cool to see uh of a sh- there's a shot that they had on a I think hockey night in Canada showed it I don't know who showed it but uh there's like a line of cars down a a highway in Edmonton uh, giving out support and love uh, to uh, Kobe Cave's family uh, coming in. So uh, I was happy to see that um, sense of community, especially in times like this uh, when we're all, um, you know, stuck in our homes. But um, hopefully uh, his family uh, – as well in this time as well. And uh, speaking of people uh, 
that we hope that uh are doing all right is um people who just got uh who just got fired uh from the Pegula Sports and Entertainment uh who I believe operates the Sabres uh as well as the uh Buffalo Bills uh for employees um they have fired 21 Buffalo Sabres employees um and they also fired uh a vice president of tickets and service uh a uh John Sinclair Chris Bandura of the of commu- vice president of communications and Jennifer Van Rysdam of uh vice president of live events um as well as a uh, I believe it was a radio sports director as well. They fired him as well. Uh, and also an additional 104 employees have all been furloughed. They haven't been fired, but they've been furloughed uh, for however long this thing goes on. Um, Jason Botterill and Ralph Kruger uh, have been given a pay cut during this time, um, as well as uh, management of the Sabres. Uh, basically, everybody is getting cut. Uh, either pay cut getting furloughed or getting fired uh so you know it's a shitty situation but you know we can only be so positive about let's make the best of it but you know this this is what we have to deal with and um since they also operate with the buffalo bills i believe uh there's been reports that they have not messed with the bills at this point but we'll see how that is and also because um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes because the uh, NFL draft, I believe, happens the 17th, like next week, around this time next week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Even though it's the Hockey Channel, I'm still interested. All right. Um, but anyway, uh, Dale Howardchuck, getting some good news here. Kicking it off, uh, Dale Howardchuck, uh, who has had been diagnosed with stomach cancer last September I believe that was uh I, re- I believe I reported on that um in a earlier episode uh beginning of this past season and uh he has completed his final round of chemotherapy so uh congratulations he gets uh the ring the bell um and hopefully he uh nothing comes back and he's uh healthy and you know enjoys life so Congrats to old Dale Howardchuck. Now for um, SC Byrne of the National League out in Switzerland, uh, they have named Florence Schelling uh, their new general manager, uh, and she is the first woman to uh, hold that position and that in the le- in that league, as well as uh, the fact that for her background. Uh, she played on Switzerland's uh, women's national team, uh, ice hockey team, uh, for the 2006, 2010, 2014 Winter Olympics. And uh, she also became uh, first and only woman to ever play in a Swiss men's national league uh, team ever. Uh, and also played for the CWHL, uh, RIP CWHL. Uh, for the Brampton Stars, so um, pretty good hockey background. If you, you know, if you ask me, uh, seems she seems to be pretty, uh, you know, good at uh, what she does, and hopefully uh, she gets, you know, good at what she now does and uh, becoming a general manager. 
Um, so congratulations. And now some uh, congratulations for retirements here. We have uh, Christopher Stieg, uh, veteran of the NHL, 643 regular season games, and two Stanley Cups, might I add. Um, he has announced his retirement, so uh, congratulations to that. And Andre Markov, um, after playing with numerous teams in the KHL and also playing I believe, I want to say, because that's all I've seen is just Montreal Canadiens, all 990 games of his career. He was 10 games short of that 1,000. But um, regardless, nothing to scoff at either. Uh, 990 games is not anything to scoff at. Um, he announced his retirement, uh, played 16 seasons, all of the Montreal Canadiens, 119 goals, 453 assists. Um, great congratulations to him. Um, now, uh, dialing back to speaking of defensemen and in a Canadian market, uh, the NHL, NHL PA, and the Winnipeg Jets, as well as our good old buddy Dustin Bufflin. Have agreed to term uh, terms on uh, terminating that their contract there, because um, the whole for anyone that's been following the old uh, the old little drama spat between all them, uh, Dustin Bufflin, I believe, I, I I think basically he got hurt and he wanted and he skipped camp because he wanted to heal his injuries or whatever and. Long story short, you know, he didn't get paid, and he was asking Winnipeg Jets he didn't get paid, uh, why he didn't get paid, and all that. So now we're here. Uh, it's terminated, and they even have a uh, excerpt, um, well, a little note that they put out saying that the NHL and the NHLPA uh, announced today that the Winnipeg Jets and player Dustin Bufflin have mutually resolved the grievance filed by Mr. Bufflin. Following his suspension by the club in September 2019, is pursuant to the agreement, Bufflin's standard player's contract with the club has been terminated effective immediately. So, don't know what uh, agreement that they made or whatever, but uh, regardless, he's off their books and they're done. Done with him. So, now he's a free agent. So, uh, a lot of speculation that he might retire. I mean, he's got... He's got uh, a resume enough to where he definitely could, and he's been in the league long enough to where he definitely could just retire. In all honesty, he could. Don't know if he will, but he could. But um, that remains to be seen whenever it's free agency time comes, whenever that is, because we don't know now, because we don't know when the season's coming back, if it comes back, which we'll get to at the end of this video. And episode on the podcast side as well um which uh and for those that really just care about that part um i'll try to remember to put a timestamp, but if not i apologize in advance now we're getting some signatures here um and also the reason why i'm wearing all blues gear here uh, even though, you know, we all know why. But 
uh, especially if you read the uh, title of the video or episode. Um, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs signing undrafted forward Alexander Barbanov to a one-year max value, nine hundred twenty-five grand. Entry-level contract. Uh, yeah, and he played in KHL last year. Eleven goals, nine assists in forty-three games. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, San Jose Sharks signed for John Leonard uh, to a two-year ELC. Uh, he was a, a Hobie Baker finalist, which we'll also talk about the Hobie Baker later on. Um, and he uh, was drafted uh, by the Sharks in sixth round in the 2018 draft, 182nd overall. And uh, he played for University of Massachusetts uh, this past season. Uh, 27 goals, 10 assists in 33 games. So, um, uh, I mean, admirable stats for 33 games. I mean, ain't too bad. Um, well, especially for the goals, that's really good. Um, yeah. And the Sharks also signed, uh, defenseman, uh, Brinson Paschunik, Paschunik to a two year, uh, entry level contract. And he played for Arizona state. Um, and he had 11 goals, 26 assists in 36 games. And for a, uh, and he was also the captain for the uh, ASU team as well. Nothing to scoff at, as well as those stats for only 36 games. I mean, that's pretty solid. Gotta say, that's pretty solid. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets re-signed uh, Jonas Corposalo, uh to a two-year $5.6 million contract uh, extension uh, with averaging a value of $2.8 million. Uh, now we get, for uh, here on out, uh, except for uh, until we get to the ad break on the podcast side. Um, this is where we uh, get into the uh, hashtag 314 crew, hashtag uh, buckle up buckaroos, because we're talking about blues hockey all day, all night, baby, um, till the ad break on the uh, podcast side. Um, but yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Sammy Blay, first off, um, before his injuries, uh, and even a little bit after his injury, he uh, really just having a great year before the break uh, started uh, happened, before this whole coronavirus break happened, um, which has awarded Sammy Blay uh, a two-year contract extension, which is good to hear. Um, with a uh, AAV of 1.5 mil over two years, that is a bargain, absolute bargain. And um, also speaking of physical forwards that are really solid and uh, does what he needs to do every night. Uh, old Mac Mac Mackenzie McEachern also two year contract extension, not a big deal. Um. And he would have been a restricted free agent. Don't even have to worry about all that bullshit at the end of the year or talking about if arbitration, if he had arbitration rights, which I don't think he did, but if he did, don't even have to worry about it, um, which is good standing. Um, one-way deal. So he gets a one-way deal. So that means if he gets sent down, 
He's a uh, waiver eligible, and uh, his uh, average annual value is uh, nine hundred thousand dollars. So it's a little bit under the the max for a ELC. So it's still a bargain, definitely a bargain. And I'm happy that both of them got signed, for sure. Uh, and speaking of happy that they got signed, St. Louis uh, Blues also re-signed defenseman Marco Scandella to a four-year, $13.1 million contract uh, with an average annual value of $3.275 million. So it's around Bo Meester's numbers. And speaking of Bo Meester, uh, the reason why I believe they made the signing which makes complete sense, especially if you look on paper and, and you look at the, the chemistry between how Bo and Pareko was before uh, Bo Meester's uh, cardiac uh, episode that happened to him. Um, they had great chemistry. And then that, and when Bo went down, had that void. Now Miko Mikola is a uh, really solid defenseman, and I hope he gets some ice time next season. Um, but we also need uh, need some more veteran prowess because with the danger of losing Petro next season, and Bo being down this season, number one, the signing tells me that Bo's done. He's done. He's retired. He's retiring. He's done. Um, absolutely done. And regardless, his his number is a uh, money comes off the books next season anyway. And them locking Scandella to that AAV with the potential of not not next season after this whole coronavirus crap happened, but the following seasons they're on with this cap going up and up and up makes it look like a better deal. And especially how him and Perico were playing uh, all until this uh, pause that we're on. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I absolutely like it for sure. Um, definitely like it. And then we get into like, okay, so we have the whole, the fact that the cap might go down, the cap might stay, and we're already barely being under the cap anyway, and we're having to pay all these guys. Well, here's the thing. Someone's going to have to leave. Someone's going to have to leave. Now, if this was next year, in this predicament and we had the where if the expansion draft was this coming off season then we wouldn't have anything to worry about because i guarantee you justin falk would have been picked up and justin falk would have been and his big old contract would have been gone so then we wouldn't have to worry about that now would we because see because everyone basically have gotten re-signed at this point that for those that have not already been traded by now, except for Petro. So now it poses the question, 
does Petro stay? I hope he stays. I'll, I would say 99.9% of all the St. Louis Blues fans everywhere are going to hope that he stays. But we know in the Cap era, it's not, you know, and it's really hard. You know, it's really hard. Um, that, I mean, unless they deal Allen, offload some money or something and bring Huso up because he's, you know, the least expensive option for backup that we have. Um, you know, I mean, it's just kind of just sit and watch and wait to see. And it all comes down to when this season comes back up and how the off season is, which we'll also get into at the end of the toward the end of the uh, episode. Which then we talk, uh, talking defenseman, talking Hobie Baker, and also talking prospects. Blues prospect Scott Peronovich, uh, who uh, re- last month signed his uh, ELC uh, with us, um, is the um, oh yeah he won the Hobie Baker. Yeah, he done he he won the the Hobie Baker. And for those who don't know what the Hobie Baker is. And even though I should know this, I uh, didn't, didn't, I paid more attention to just the NHL portion and maybe AHL is probably as deep as I'd go into prospects. But especially doing this channel, I probably should go a little bit deeper. So the official definition of what the Hobie Baker is, other than I know it's like basically the equivalent of like a Heisman. So the criteria for that award is uh, displaying outstanding skills in all facets of the game, uh, strength of character on and off the ice, sportsmanship, as well as having school uh, scholastic achievements. And um, since he met all that criteria, he's our uh, our 2020 uh, Hobie Baker. Oh. Award winner. So, congratulations, uh, Scott Pranovich, and welcome to the Blues. And hopefully, he do well for us. And uh, be interesting to see him come uh, play. And I'd imagine he'd be playing next season somewhere uh, on the uh, Blues's uh, back end. I uh, don't know who'll be a casualty uh, to make room for him, but we'll see um, in the off season. Um, On top of that, let's do a uh, some name dropping. So um, you might I'd be like, all right, this guy winning Hobie Baker. I know Hobie Baker, you know, pretty big deal in the in the collegiate, you know, area of things. Um, but what does that ma- what does that matter? Well, I'll tell you what it matters is um, the names that are attached to that award, especially uh, some big ones in the NHL. Uh, how about Johnny uh, Gaudreau of the uh, Calgary Flames in 2014? Uh, Jack Eichel in 2015 for the Buffalo Sabres? And uh, this recent one, uh, Kale McCarr. Yeah, th- this guy named Kale McCarr. Uh, he seems to be a pretty big deal, um, especially since he's a defenseman. 
and um, thanks to uh, St. Louis uh, Blues Views uh, for a little stat analysis that he dropped on the um, bleep Twitter. That's where I got this off of. Um, so Peronovich's stats compared to uh, the last, I believe is this is comparing the last two Hobie Baker winning defensemen. So on top of McCarr, Will Butcher is in that uh, crowd as well. McCarr's numbers uh, for his Hobie Baker winning uh, season, 41 games played, 16 goals, 33 assists, 1.2 points per game. Uh, Will Butcher, 43 games played, uh, 7 goals, 30 assists, uh, 0.86 points per game. And Pranovich's numbers, 34 games played, 6 goals, 34 assists, uh, 1.17 points per game. So he's, 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 he's pretty close to um, at least points per game-wise to Makar, um, which then translating uh, Makar and Butcher's uh, first uh, season numbers, uh, Makar, uh, 57 games played, 12 goals, 38 assists, 0.88 point, uh, points per game. And Will Butcher, 81 games played, 5 goals, 39 assists, 0.48 points per game. Now also take into account, you have to take into account that Will Butcher's on a shittier team than McCarr, but I digress. Um, well, you can even see that because um, even though Butcher's assists are one above McCarr. He had basically double the games to do it, and his goals are basically the half of McCarr's. Which then you have to ask, well, Peronovich is going on a pretty good team because the Blues are a pretty good team. Gotta say, I mean, it's not like they did anything this past uh, offseason, you know, and win any hardware or anything, you know. Um, but I'd like Peronovich's chances, especially since Makar is a basic, basically the, the shoe-in to win the uh, Calder this season. Peronovich, dare I say, uh, might very well, barring some really bad things that could happen, uh, could be the Calder... Uh, at least to call their finalist next season. Be interesting to see. And, um, but yeah, uh, the future is looking bright for the Blues, especially in, in the, uh, for defense. Um, which then we talk about the future of the NHL and the future of the potential season and what they could do. And we will be talking about that right after this break. All right, so diving in uh, to the future of the season, or at least how I'm going to take it. So first off, um, back all the way on April 4th, which was legitimately the last, uh, was the day next uh, after the day after 
uh, the last episode that I recorded. Um, and uh, he had a conference call with 13 sports commissioners, including Gary Bettman. Um, and he said that he hopes to allow fans uh, to attend uh, sporting events sometime in August or September. Um, hoping. Hoping. And not and in in real life, sure, we can talk politics, we can do all that, but on here, no, I'm not gonna even dare talk politics on here. No, I'm gonna no, no. Um, however, um, with that said, uh, according to Pierre Lebrun on TSN off of Twitter. Uh, the NHL is willing uh, to delay uh, the start of next season until November in order to finish off this season, if possible, with summer hockey. And the NHL uh, believes that they can play a full season next year starting in November uh, by canceling uh, the All-Star game slash bye week. So, okay. Um, and play playoffs into late uh, June. So, with that unpacked, um, there's also oh yeah, they also add uh, NHL extending their um, self quarantine uh, recommendation for NHL players till April 30th. So, um, yay! Um, but backpedaling to the um, basically the answer that I was asking to the question I was basically asking in the last episode was if you were to have summer hockey, what do you do about the following season? Which then that uh, right there from Pierre Lebrun basically answers my question that they just push off the next season down one a little bit, make some breathing room because if you were to not do that, the whoever won the cup, congratulations, you won the cup, but you also get screwed um, royally with off time for sure. And especially if a certain team was to win it again, back to back. Oh my God. <laughs> that would just be brutal for them. That would just be absolutely brutal for them in the off season. Absolutely brutal. Like, you know, especially how hard players play in the in the playoffs because you have to. If you want to win the cup, you got to lay it all on the line and play through your injuries and do what you have to do to get to that next game, get to that next round, and eventually... In the end of the day, winning the cup, which is that that's the end game for them. So with that said, at least um, in America, I don't know how uh, Canada's doing with their extensions, although I know that I believe um, I know Toronto isn't doing any live stuff till. Uh, throughout the end of June 
I want to say I read that Montreal's in the same boat too. Um, that was for the America. It's all uh, the president yesterday made it clear that he's uh, basically making it to the discretion of the governors of each state because each state's different, which is true because Missouri, where I am and where the blues are, is different to where the hot spots like California, where all the California teams are, uh, New York, where Islanders, Rangers, Buffalo are, you know, they're having a little bit harder time right now than we are in the Midwest, um, with the exception of the Blackhawks, because Blackhawks and Chicago, you know, um, they're getting hit hard too. So, um, which there's rumblings of believe the hockey guy, uh, for those that don't watch him on YouTube, you know, he has some pretty good, uh, compelling content too. You might want to check him out too. Let him know that easy act review sent you there. Um, I believe he also mentioned that, uh, they're talking about, uh, still talking about, um, remote sites, like how the MLB is rumored to do as well at uh, spring training facilities. They might be trying to go to New Hampshire, maybe uh, North Dakota or uh, somewhere that's colder or just basically something neutral, um, especially since the probability of fans, even if hockey did come back for fans to be in the stands, would be basically nil, absolutely nil. Uh, until at least next season. But um, once again, it's just a sit and wait game. And every passing day, you know, you think, that, oh, when is this done? When, when, when are we out of this nightmare? Can we just wake up from it? And sad part is we can't. And it's here and we are living it every day. Until something, some breakthrough, something comes out to where they're like, all right, let's flip the switch on. Let's get it rolling again. Because I believe everyone else listening to this or watching this is tired of it. I'm tired of it. Believe you me, I'm tired of it. I'm absolutely sick and tired of it. And it also couldn't have come in the best and the worst time for me, for sure. And I say the best time, even though it's a morbid thing to say, I'd much rather be here in Missouri, in my home city, in lockdown, basically, than down in New Mexico where I was. Hands down. Would not trade it. Ever. I'd much rather be in lockdown here than down there for sure. Now, and I say bad because I was coming up here. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be able to do all these sorts of things. And yeah, the first month, month and a half, I was back, did all of those things, except for baseball because it wasn't up yet. But then, Right when that uh, 
first half of March comes, I'm like, all right, we're shutting everything down. I'm like, no, no, why? But we'll come out of this. Politics aside, we'll come out of this hopefully better than we entered it. That's the idea, is to come out of, is to come out of something better than when you came in. Just like how the old adage goes, you know, leave something better than you found it. You leave better than when you entered. That's that's all I hope. And uh, I hope uh, that on all honesty, coming back to that old thing that Pierre Lebrun put out, in all honesty, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but I would be content with the NHL starting in November. I would be content with that push, and I would be content with skipping the All-Star game next season, even though it's in in, uh, Florida where no one was going to show up anyway because no one shows up to their games. Ah, shit. Shots fired, Florida. Um, But but kidding aside, um, I would be more than happy to see the NHL start later if it means I get my hockey back sooner. And even if it means I can't go and watch the game in person, it's fine. It's fine. I would like to attend, but now saying that if bars are still, our bars are open by that point and people can gather still and watch the games together or even in your own home and then you just have your friends over. I mean, have some sort of public gathering that's not like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, like uh, 20,000 people in a building versus maybe a couple hundred in a bar because that's a little bit more, it's way more manageable than 20,000 people in a building depending on what building you're in, you know, taking that into consideration. Um... But yeah, um, now if yeah if bars and stuff are back open by then, and uh, they're like, all right, no fans, but you know you can go and to these meeting places that, uh, with other fans, and if you want to cheer that way, that you can do that. Now I believe a lot of people, I I'd say would agree that they would definitely be up for that, absolutely. But uh but yeah i'd hope that they come back soon and then they uh take take the little breather come back in november which then you have to ask the question when's the draft when's free agency signing day and so on and so forth but there's a lot lot more ground to cover and they can figure that out after they figure when the, the season comes back Although they have enough people, probably they can figure both all that at the same time, but which kind of comes hand in hand because then they gotta ask, then they gotta ask themselves, all right, so if teams that aren't slated to be in the playoffs anyway, they're not in the playoff spot anyway, and they just say they just jump straight back in, just jump straight into playoffs, which I hope doesn't happen. I hope they at least get a couple tune-up games, but 
if they were to jump straight into the playoffs for whoever's in the playoffs, uh, in a playoff spot right now, then all those people that are not in the playoffs, then it would be like, all right, so now we got to see who are we trading in the draft to get picks and who are we slated to go and get uh, for this pick or stuff like that. Uh, which all the general managers, I believe, I guarantee you, are probably doing that right now. They're not just sitting on their thumbs, uh, waiting uh, and playing sit and spin. But, but yeah, hopefully we can find out some more answers soon. Uh, it's only um, April 17th, um, and the um, – a lot of stay-at-home orders don't expire until May anyway. Um, so hopefully we hear something by the end of this month saying, hey, we're coming back, and this is when we're coming back, and this is what the schedule and all that. So just be sitting and waiting. But anyway, this has been the, uh, what episode number are we on? 29? We've already done 29 of these bad boys. Um and I do hope to get uh, people on the uh, the podcast soon, um, even if it's just, you know, whoever. Um, be getting people on soon and talking some hockey and preferably people that like other teams instead of the Blues because I, I would be the Blues guy and someone else could be. Even if they're like, you know, they like the Vegas Golden Knights, perhaps, even though I do like them too. I mean, all just to say, hey, you know, for some contrast, it'd be kind of interesting to see a Coyotes fan on here. Maybe uh, some Blackhawks get some uh, some ch- chirping going, uh, or a uh, San Jose Sharks fan that was uh, slated to come on here, but you know, scheduling happens, you know. Um, But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And um, yeah, which then brings me before we go. Hashtag 314 crew. What is the 314 crew? Well, I'll tell you what the 314 crew is. It's you guys. You guys, all you. All the, the select few of many of people that listen and watch this podcast, which I'm happy to see people actually take interest in this, especially how diversified the um, the demographics are, especially in location. Because I'm already having at least half of the country listen, have someone listening to this as well as multiple nations. We have Canada. I believe last time I checked, we had Netherlands, uh, as well as Ireland, too. Ireland's on the, on the list. If they weren't uh, when I was you know, giving thanks last, uh, last episode, um, but uh, if they weren't thanked last episode, I'm thanking them now. Thank you, Ireland. Really appreciative. Um, hashtag 314crew. That's... Uh, that's what we are, and especially since this uh, podcast, even though it was initially 
created in New Mexico. It's a St. Louis born thing. St. Louis made. Hashtag St. Louis made. STL made, baby. And can't stress you enough. And if we get big enough, you know, to where we have, you know, people interested in meeting up during games and whenever I initially eventually get around to other stadiums and arenas, um, be nice to have like a hashtag to, you know, bring us all together. So 314 crew. That is our, that's our, uh, that's our calling card. That's our, our hashtag. That's our, um, identity as a creator and the fans of the show. So even though I know I, when I typed it in that there was people that did put that down, but it was also a post from like five, like three to five years ago. So I'm like, yeah, no one's not using that. So we are taking it easy. Arc reviews hashtag three, one, four crew. That is us. That is our identity. So, yeah. And hopefully we grow. Uh, especially when see, and, uh, when the uh, see, season comes back, if it comes back. Uh, and so, and every season after, as long as I'm doing this whole shtick, um, I'll be posting. Uh, especially trying to make it to where it's just uh, easy arc reviews type deal. Uh, 314 crew. That's uh, that's us. But yeah, I'm gonna end it before I really just go on a ramble. But anyway, um, hashtag three one four crew. Uh, like, share, subscribe on the podcast side, YouTube side, oh YouTube side, rate and subscribe on the podcast side, and uh, hopefully we have another episode in the works soon. Um, as we still wait to see uh when the NHL might come back or have or gives us any sort of, you know, indication as to what they do uh, here on Going Forth. But anyway, uh, like, share, subscribe on the YouTube side, rate and subscribe on the podcast side, and I will see you guys in our next one. Thank you very much.